The conditional movement control order has been extended, but companies are slowly being allowed to reopen as the economy gets a kickstart. In Malaysia, some companies face the challenges of retaining their workers, bringing in the business and paying their overheads. In this episode, Catholics at Home speaks to business growth expert Jeevan Sahadevan, CEO of Leverage Lab, to learn steps on how Catholic entrepreneurs can increase business quickly and, more importantly, survive during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hello and welcome to another episode of Catholics at Home, which is produced in collaboration with the Catholic Research Centre in Kuala Lumpur. My name is Kachang Kevin and my co-host today is Mark Darren Lee, a business owner himself. Mark, I'm sure you're looking forward to this episode with Jeevan, aren't you? Definitely, Kevin. I mean, I think many of us here uh, who runs a business or SMEs are looking for new ideas, new ways in terms of uh, how do we go through this period of uh, COVID-19. Yes, and I'm sure we have the right person to help us out. Uh, unfortunately, Father Clarence Devdas couldn't join us today, but we hope to have him back sometime soon. Well, as mentioned, our special guest today is Jeevan Sahadevan. Not too long ago, Jeevan was awarded one of Malaysia's 100 most influential young entrepreneurs. And most recently, Jeevan was awarded the Brand Laureate Award for Community Leadership. Now, this is just a drop in the ocean of the achievement and successes of uh, Jeevan. I'm sure many in the business community are familiar with his name, with him, his work. And also, you can catch him, uh, Jeevan, I believe, every first Monday of the month yeah, on BF, BFM. Is that right? That's right. That's right. All right, Jim, uh, thanks so much for joining us for today's episode. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, but before we begin, you know, um, I had a browse, a uh, quick, quick pick on your Facebook page. And uh, yesterday, was, yesterday was Mother's Day. And you said something very uh, meaningful that, you know, the best gift a mother can give their children is uh, to pray for them. Maybe you'd like to talk a bit about your mom. Yeah, and yeah, how, yeah. How, how, how those in, prayers in have fact, really uh, played. Yep. And in fact, uh, uh, one of the things I, I tell people, and uh, this is this is really important, especially for all Catholics, uh, all the Catholics out there, Christians out there, is um, is it's to actually the best gift you can ever give your child is it's not money, it's not just love and affection. These things are all critical; they're all very important. But the best gift you can actually give them is to pray for them. And uh, so, so we're really blessed that uh, we have a praying mother. Our mom prays uh, for for me, my brother, and my sisters every day. So, so that's a that's a really really beautiful gift that you can actually give your children and Mother's Day is a nice time to, to talk about it. So yeah, put it up. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. Now, Jeevan, you'll be sharing us uh, steps. I, I think we discussed this earlier. You have uh, six steps on how Catholic entrepreneurs can, can increase business quickly and also survive. But before that, maybe uh, if it's, I can just start with uh, the incentives the government have provided for SMEs. Uh, what do you think of that? Is that enough? Is that helpful? You know, people are saying cash is king now. Is that right? It's it's I think um, one of the one of the things right now that that's really important as uh, as the MCO starts lifting up in, in stages uh, we have the CMCO um, so so one of the things that's really important is business owners need to get their mindset right in, in one critical aspect and that is survive first survive first and then you've got thrive down the road so later you'll thrive but the first rule of the game is you want to survive you want to get all those things right do all those things right to survive. Then you want to build momentum and then thrive. So survival may take one quarter. It may take the whole of quarter two of 2020, or it might take quarter three and quarter four as well as you come out of this and you start making sure that your business really survives. And you can fo focus on thriving later. 
that might be a 2021 thing or a 2022 thing. But once you're, you're, you're getting past survival, you want to start to build rapid momentum. And one of the things I want to share with uh, all our entrepreneurs, uh, listeners and, and viewers today is how do you actually get out of this? How do you get out of survival and, and get, get into momentum? and then start to really thrive. What are the things you need to focus on? And surprisingly, this, it's, it's not a lot actually. And um, and I, I've been doing this with every single one of my clients because businesses are hit, all kinds of industries are hit. Even those businesses that are not hit, I tell them, hey, you gotta pay attention because your suppliers and customers may be hit. So even though you're not really hit at the moment, down the road, there's, there's gonna be a, a lot of domino effects down the road. So you still gotta do things. So, so what I'm actually gonna do today is uh, I'm actually gonna share six things six things that uh, entrepreneurs can do to, to get, get past survival, get into momentum and start heading down the road into absolutely thriving. And uh, it's really important. So whatever business you run, it doesn't really matter. You want to do these six things. So, so before I go into that, I just, just to give you a bit of a perspective on business um, and simply this, whatever business you run, whether you're a manufacturer, you're a retailer, you're an online business or an offline business, all of business eventually comes down to only two things. That's it, only two things. Whatever business you run, it's only gonna come down to two things. And the two things are capture and keep customers. That's it. Everything eventually comes down to capturing and keeping customers. So of course, in corporate language, that would be called uh, customer acquisition and customer retention. So whatever you do in your business right now, as you come out of this, uh, this, this uh, MCO and into a CMCO, you gotta keep that in mind. Everything I do is to capture customers all the new customers, I want to capture them, and then I want to keep the customers I've caught coming back as often as I can, again and again and again. So all your strategies are actually going to, to be centered around that. Everything's going to be focused around that. So that, that's that's pretty much um, um, where we're going to go today, um, things I'm actually going to share for, for Catholic entrepreneurs out there. All right, so um, I guess, I guess uh, we're going to start with uh, the six steps. What's the first step? Yep. So, so let's look at the first one. So, so, so the first one is marketing. So the first thing you got to do is marketing. Now, but what the word marketing itself has got such a broad definition, uh, but I keep it really simple. So when I say marketing, what I'm specifically talking about is lead generation, the generation of inquiries. So the first thing you got to look at is, hey, I'm I'm getting back into my business. It's getting back out there again. So one of the first things I got to look at is, what am I doing to generate inquiries? What am I doing to get leads out there? And, and to do this, uh, I call it, I, I, I tell people, look, this is, you got to look at five things online and offline. So you're online five and you're offline five. So the first thing to think about is, okay, what are the things I can do online to get my inquiries, to get all my leads? A lead is a pot potential customer, it's not a customer yet. So what are the things I can do online? You know, it may be, it may be Facebook advertising, it may be SEO, it could be uh, live videos on, on, on uh, Instagram. Could be a whole lot of stuff that you do on LinkedIn. There's so much you can do there. There's a whole bunch of things you can do online. For instance, you could even start a group and put, put a, a lot of your prospects into this group and start running videos and you can do a whole lot of things. But you want to start to think about this you, from emails, blasting to all the things that you can do. Explore what, what can you do to get those target clients that you want, your target market. And, and online, so you come up with five because you could be overwhelmed, you can be overloaded. So just that you're going to focus on online. Then you look at your offline. Don't neglect offline because there's a lot of business actually comes from offline. And this, this is something many businesses forget. They think the world is all about online, but there's offline as well. Um, 
Like if you take my developer clients, um, my clients, many developers are my clients, and you look at the things they do online, and they, they, they run all kinds of campaigns online, but when they do offline exhibition roadshows, that's where sometimes they get some of their best target, uh, targeted clients, prospects. These exhibition roadshows may cost, cost a fair bit, but doing these roadshows, they get a huge number of very highly qualified prospects who end up buying. Whereas online, sometimes they, they would get a whole bunch of inquiries that, that, that fizzles out. So that, that's a combination here. So offline, you want to look at what are you doing? You, are you going to do exhibition booths? Are you, are you going to do um, advertisement in, in, in even the newspapers? If that's your target market, um, what, what, what can you do? Are you going to do referral campaigns, telemarketing campaigns? So, so, so the first step is your online find, and second is your offline find. Then you want to track. So the third thing within your marketing, so in, when you look at marketing, there's essentially four things. The online find, your offline find, the third component is tracking your inquiries. Find out exactly where every single inquiry is coming from because that will tell you what's actually working. You'd be very surprised. Sometimes an inquiry could be coming, you think it's coming from Facebook, actually it's referrals, and, and clients are referring clients, and you actually track it by asking the question, how did you hear about us? Hey, how did you hear about this? Um, where have you come from? So when you start asking these questions, you start to, to track and you start to see what's actually working. And the fourth component is to test. You test and you measure all kinds of things. You, you test different um, campaigns, you test different budgets, you test different headlines, you test photographs, you test um, all kinds of stuff. So so testing testing is a very critical component also part, in, part of this marketing. So. The first thing for every entrepreneur is marketing. So marketing, those are the things you want to do. So when you start doing this again, you get, you, you get into these marketing activities, you start generating a whole bunch of prospects coming in from all, all over the place, and, and you want to really push this. So that's, so that's number one. That's the first thing, the first thing yeah. that, that, uh, that you have to do. I, I think now, uh, once you've done, uh, when you work in marketing, the second thing you've got to start to look at is sales. So yeah. marketing by itself, I mean, you've generated all these leads, but they, they, they doesn't carry any weight unless they convert into customers. They've got to become customers. So now you want to start to look at sales. So, so what in sales should you actually look at? Number one, you've got to look at your offers. What kind of offers are you putting out there into the marketplace? What's actually going on in terms of your offers? Some companies put out some really bad offers and that nobody really wants, wants uh, to buy. And, and for example, here's a, here's, Here's a good offer, buy one, free one. Here's a bad offer, buy 10 wine bottles and get your 11th bottle at one third of the price. That's, that's a bad offer. So you got people doing stuff like that. So, so you, you want to test, you want to test the different offers and you want to say, hey, what's working, what, what's not working, what's, what's really good, what, what's not good. And, and, and you, you, you don't know until you, you start to test all kinds of offers. And then you measure, you measure um, how much you're making as well from each of these offers. So, so to, to close sales, you start with looking at offers and then you, the second thing you want to look at is you want to look at comprehensively talk, talking about the features and benefits of your products, your services. You want to comprehensively talk about it. Uh, you, you want to talk about, okay, hey, what are some of the features or what it is that I sell? What are the benefits of these features? And, and this is very important because very few businesses spend time to actually talk about these things. And whether you're talking about it in, in, in a flyer or in a brochure, in a pamphlet, online, in a website, you want to talk about the features and benefits. And then from there, you want to lead them to, into demonstrating your advantages over your competitors. So whatever your competitors are selling, what's the advantage of your services, your products? Again, very few businesses demonstrate this. 
they, they, they just sell the same way the competitors are selling and they're not demonstrating what are the advantages of their products and services over other companies that are offering similar products and services. So as, as you think about this and as you push your sales forward, think, what are the advantages that, that we have over our competitors? How can we show them? If you're selling fried rice and someone else is selling fried rice as well, what's the advantage of your fried rice over the other one? Maybe you've got some sort of chili inside that just knocks you off your feet. Who knows? It could be something, but you want to talk about it. And then, and then the, the, uh, the cherry on top is testimonials. Now you could say all the great things about your product services, but when someone else endorses you, someone else says it, then that, that's the game changer. So you yeah. want to start to collect testimonials. Contact your past clients, call all your clients up and start collecting as many testimonials as you can. And, and you start putting this, you put all of these things into your sales pitch. You've got your offers, you've got your comprehensive features and benefits, you've got your advantages, you've got your testimonials, and now you've got one, one massive punch out there in the marketplace. You've got a bit of a nuclear weapon. And, and, and you can keep growing this. So it yeah, doesn't so have to yeah, so Jivan, yeah. I think that's excellent because I think um, uh, today, sorry, especially Mark, during... There's suddenly a lag, I didn't, didn't quite get your question. Ah, Seems to be no a problem. lag again. Could you, could you maybe type it out or something? Sure. So, so Jivan, I mean, uh, I mean uh, today uh, we see... What, what are the channels? Because a lot... Uh, yeah, just a second. I mean, I have no idea why there's, there's a lot of lag suddenly. Uh, huh? I'm not actually hearing you guys. Okay, so what are the channels? Yep. What are the channels you focus on? So, 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 what channels um, do you focus on? Again, if you look at if you look at the business, if you look at your business, you gotta, you, the question to ask is is actually the, what channels to focus on is the second question. So, the question to ask is not so much which marketing campaign should I use, or which channels should I look at? Should I look at um, Facebook, Instagram, no, the question to ask is a very, very important question. Two very important questions, actually. So the first question would be, who is my target market? So who are the chunks? Think of target market as chunks. Who are the chunks of my target market? Like if you're selling cars, who is my target market? Now look at all the different chunks. One could be young executives buying their first car. Second one could be retired uh, pensioners. Third one could be CEOs of companies. They all buy very different cars. So you look at who is my target market? And the second question to ask, then you decide all the channels in your marketing. The second question is, where do I find them in the highest concentration? For example, if I want parents of young children, guess where I would find them in the highest concentration? Kindergartens. So you might want to look at having an exhibition booth in the kindergarten. So if I, if I, if I, look, if I say I want um, newly married couples, where would I find them? Churches, <laughs> you could talk pastors, priests, whoever. Yeah. <laughs> you could you could talk to them. So 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 see. So once you know your target market and and you know uh, where to find them, the highest concentration. Now you engineer your campaigns. So if you're gonna do LinkedIn, you want to target through LinkedIn. If you're gonna do uh, Facebook lives uh, or Instagram lives, you want to target these groups. You want to bring them in and you want to create your own groups. So so it's very important for businesses as you work on your marketing and sales that you also know who you're actually targeting. And it's very interesting because, uh, so just to give you an example, yeah, let's take car companies. It's if let's say now um, you've, you've got young entrepreneurs, uh, well, let's say you've got young executives driving their first car. What kind of car would they drive? Young executives. Well, that's <laughs> <the> <laughs> oh, most likely a MyV. 
most like yeah, my you know, so you younger got- generation know, man. They want the one status. You got to do that. But but let's try another one. So so here's a this is a question that surprised me. So, um, say so CEOs of companies, what kind of car would they like? What do you think? Know, Depending, are they startups? Are they? <laughs> ビエムダブリューはい。ビエムダブリューはい。ビエムダブリューはい。ビエムダブリューはい。ビエムダブリューはい。ビエムダブリューはい。ビエムダブリューはい。ビエムダブリューはい。ビエムダブリューはい。
end of the day, the relationship we build should last for a long, a long time. I mean, for those who have a, a uh, and I think uh, they definitely will return to you when the time is right. Also, so you yes. always create a top of mind recall. You know what I mean? Like, like say, hey, you know, Mark is here. Mark does this, uh, and and yeah, if I have a campaign. And then their birthdays are coming up. We just wish them happy birthday or Selamat Hari Raya or you know Happy Chinese New Year. I think these gestures. Yeah, and 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 I think today also when we look at digital marketing, uh, I think personalization is so important. Where a lot of digital marketers today they don't personalize uh, their content or they don't personalize their messaging to a customer. They just keep it high so and so. They give it a standard offer and all. But if you know someone more in detail, we tend to personalize that offer. Specifically to a particular niche, which I think is excellent. What you what you mentioned. Yeah, and and even with digital marketing, I, I ask ask businesses that sell online. I say, look, when someone buys online, what happens to them? Yeah, they get the order, they they get packed something packed and sent. But what happens to them? In most cases, most companies do nothing. So let me give you an example. What if this? You bought something online, and five days later, or after you got your package, an email comes in, and and the person says, "Hi, my name is so and so. I'm your relationship manager, and here's a promo code from today onwards." Whatever you buy from our site is ten percent off. That's yeah. just going to get the person going back again immediately. Now, this is yeah, genius. It, and also, I think, yeah. yeah, I also think that then word of mouth was spread. You know what I mean? Just right. say for, for uh, recently, we 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 did something for our own staff. In uh, I mean, morale is low and all, so we decided to buy our staff uh, some chat time, something small. You know what I mean? And then yeah. uh, as a company, we said, I mean, let's write a note. So the chat time, they, they took the liberty of writing a note uh, based on what we requested, and different staff from chat time actually wrote different handwritings and all, and that became something which people posted about chat time, but at the same time about the company. Uh, and it got really viral, right? Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean it started spreading a bit, you know. What I mean, but I think those are personalized things which can make a difference in for your own staff, but also for the clients which you you do, you know. And I think a good way to look at this is look at the word customer. In the dictionary, and look at the word "client" in the dictionary. Customer means a person who who does trade with you. That's the definition of customer. Client actually means under your protection. Oh. That's the definition of client. So that person, so you start seeing people as your clients. They're under your protection. That's why lawyers have clients. You see, yeah. it's not customers; it's clients. So see, don't see them as customers, but as clients. They're under your protection. You're looking after them. You're making sure they've got the best. Service possible that they they they're being taken care of. So past clients is a golden area, and you want to spend time. So you've looked at marketing, we've looked at sales, we've looked at past clients. Now comes an interesting area, number four. Number four is costs. So we've got to look at costs. Your your how are you? How expensive is your business? How are you running it? So to help my clients look at costs, I invented this this little um, this little term, a simple term to help you understand costs, and I call it habu. I tell people Habu is your best friend. H A B U. So what is Habu? What does Habu stand for? I said that's your best friend in in business is Habu. Habu stands for highest and best use. So what is the highest and best use of your time today, of your staff, of your resources, of everything in your business? So you're prioritizing now, and you're looking at what is the highest and best use of everything. So Habu, you got to Habu it. So whatever it is, you got Habu. So for example, a staff. Are they doing the right? Are they doing something that's of the highest and best use, or could they be put somewhere else? Could they be placed in a different department, different area, and they can really shine? Sometimes some staff are just doing things that they're not even inspired to do, and and it's not the highest and best use of that staff. If someone's so good with people skills, maybe they should be in customer service or in networking or something. 
So, so Habu is a very, very good way to understand cost because one of the issues is not so much cost, but it's the highest and best use. Are we getting the highest and best use of our location, of our signboard, of our advertising, of our costing, everything, Habu. So when it comes to cost, the first thing your, your brains go into is, is, is Habu, highest and best use. The second thing is don't waste. There's so much wastage in businesses and, and this not, not wasting comes straight out of our Lord. Our Lord says, don't waste. Jesus says, don't waste. When you look at the parable of the fish and, and the loaves and the fish, after the apostles had, had, uh, had distributed everything, all the loaves and fish, and the final, and the final scene, you have Jesus saying, um, say, pick up all the pieces and there are 12 baskets full. So don't waste. A lot of companies, when I go and find waste, they have wasted time, wasted resources, wasted weeks. Wasted days, wasted hours, so, so wasted meetings. Have you ever sat in a three-hour meeting and you wasted your time? And you want what on earth? Such a waste of time. Can you imagine? Three hours of meeting, you're going, what did we even achieve in this meeting? So when it comes to waste, it's not just wasting food and things like that, but anything, anything you got it, you've got to take a look at it. Am I am I wasting my Monday? You know, don't don't waste your Monday. Don't waste I, I tell my, my clients, I say, get every important thing done by 12 noon. By 12 noon, if you've got everything done, you've got such a dopamine hit, you're, you're, you're on fire after that. You can go, go and see all your appointments after noon. But, but get everything important done, all the critical things done by noon. Don't waste your noon. Don't waste your morning. Your morning, morning is when your willpower is highest and energy is highest. Don't waste it. So don't, don't waste your, your product that, that are not being sold. You have a high inventory of things not being sold. Don't waste it. Create bundles. Create package deals. And, and start to move it. So, so, so this is another thing about cost. See, cost is not just about cutting cost. Cost is about habu. It's about don't waste. And here comes the big one. Utilize every single asset you have. Utilize every single asset you have. Now, that, that's what it actually means. So to understand cost, you've got to understand this. Get everything you can out of all you've got. If you remember the parable of the talents. In the parable of the talents, and, and Jesus gave that story, you find that the, the, the first guy was all terrified and he hid it. He hit the talons on, 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 on the ground and he didn't want to do anything with it. Whereas the other the other two guys, they went out there and they invested and they got huge returns and the master was very happy with, with, with them. He said, wow, you're going to be given more. You've done so well. But the guy who hit it and did nothing with it, didn't even put it in fixed deposit. He got a he got a royal scolding for, for not doing that. And and that's that's because he didn't utilize the assets that he had. So I asked business owners, business entrepreneurs, are you utilizing every single asset you have? All your assets can be divided into two categories, soft and hard, or ten tangible and intangible. A soft asset, an, an intangible asset, is something you cannot touch, like your leadership skills, your uh, communication skills, all that soft assets. Hard assets, you can physically touch it, like your money, your office premises, your staff. So the question is, are you utilizing every single asset you have? For example, look at online. We've got, we've got this now. We've got StreamYard. We've got Zoom. We've got... Uh, all these platforms uh, are utilizing it. Are business owners utilizing these assets? They've got it. They've got Facebook. Some say, oh, I'm not active on Facebook. Oh, I'm not active on LinkedIn or Instagram. Why not? Why aren't you active? Aren't you utilizing it? Yeah. So you, you know, you know uh, Jivan, if I can just uh, touch on your Habu uh, strategy, yeah, yeah. If, if I may call it. Um, you know, in relation to staff and resources, I mean, one thing that came out of this uh, movement control order is we've seen how valuable uh, digital technology is and how we can apply it to our businesses. And at the same time, I think business owners are, are thinking, you know, 
uh, why do I need you know this amount of stuff when I can now do it online and stuff? So the workers' union are actually quite worried that you know people will lose jobs just because the digital came in. But like what you're talking about, Habu, can we instead now use them not for what they've been doing, but you know to yeah. do more digital stuff and all that? You well, know, right? as an entrepreneur, the first thing in your mind should be training, reskilling, retrain, reskill, upskill. So, so you the, the most important thing if you look at staff is attitude heart, heart and spirit, because that is something that is very difficult to train. Skill you can train. If, if someone doesn't know how to use Microsoft Excel, you can train him how to use it very quickly, how to use Microsoft Excel. But if the person has a very bad attitude and doesn't want to work hard and is very lazy, now that's tough. So when you've got good staff, but they're poorly skilled, train, retrain them, move them to different areas, train them, coach them, get coaches involved and and, and, and work with coaches, work with, with teams. So, and this, will, this could, could create massive firepower in your company. So, so you want to habu your staff. You want to you want to get the highest and best use out of them. You want to talk to them about it. Help them habu themselves. So, so, so entrepreneurs have got to habu themselves. The staff got to habu themselves. So, and you're utilizing every asset. And, and the way to think about it is this: get everything you can out of all you've got. Get everything you can out of all you've got. And this is the thing, you know. You've got to understand. This is this is not just our human way of looking at this. This is divine. So, so, so I'm going to go down an interesting road now. So let's go back to the parable of the of the fish and loaves again. So because I'm a strategist, I look at it from a strategy point of view. So let's take a look at what actually what actually is going on here. So so when when these five thousand people gathered and they and they came up, uh, the apostles came up to, to to our Lord Jesus and he says, uh, "People have nothing to eat." Now now here's where it gets really interesting. What did Jesus do? And they said, "The people have nothing to eat." What did Jesus do? Do you remember what what was the first thing that he said? So, so Jesus is very strategic. So what was the first thing Jesus said when that happened? First thing oh, was... Putting us on the spot here. <laughs> Here's what Jesus said. So Jesus said, what do you have? And this is interesting. He said, what do you have? I says, well, um, we've got two, two fish and five loaves. Second thing Jesus said, number one, what do you have? Number two, bring it to me. I thought, wow. As a strategist, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the Bible. I'm looking at what our Lord's doing here. He's a massive strategist. So first he says, what do you have? So I've got two fish and five loaves. To bring it to me. So he brought it to him. And then what did Jesus do? He lifted it up and he blessed it. He blessed and then, boom, everybody had fish and bread. Now, of course, if someone had a thosa and he brought it to Jesus, <laughs> then, then everyone would be having thosa. If someone had chicken rice, and everybody would have chicken rice. But so this is very interesting. You've got to understand this because so Jesus multiplied what we have. So my question to entrepreneurs, our Christian brothers and sisters out there, what are you bringing to the table to God? What are you bringing? If you're not utilizing every asset you have, you're not bringing it to the table. How is he going to multiply it? That's free will. So, so Jesus multiplies. That's the strategy. So what do you have? Bring it to me. And he blesses it. We should bring our business to God and bring we go all out. We humble everything, and you bring it to God. You say, and you say, "I've got this," and then bang, you're multiplied. So if you improve your skill of relationship with customers, Jesus will multiply that and give you ten thousand customers. If you improve your ability to work with good, with with four staff, Jesus will multiply and give you forty staff. It's going to multiply it because that and he's, and that theme is throughout the Bible. You will see that again with the parable of the talents. Multiply again. When God gives you something, multiply it. God loves that. It's just, and if you look at us, as, as, as say you've got a, a child or a nephew or a niece, 
and you give them something, say a bicycle, and they use it to the max, how happy are you? Very happy, right? But if they don't touch the bike, they ah, yeah, I got a bike, and I mean, you, you're not happy. So I tell this to business owners, especially if you're a Christian, you've got to understand, that's how Jesus works. He multiplies. And this is fascinating stuff, because when you actually look at it, you wonder, why, why, why is that? Because you have to do your part. There's a saying in the Middle East, trust in God, but tie your camel. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. <laughs> You've got to do your part. You cannot be lazy. You can't sit in a cave and say, okay, God, give me everything. It doesn't work that way. So, so Adam and Eve were sent to work the garden, not to chill, not, not to smoke cigars. You know, they were sent to work the garden. you got to work the garden. God worked six days to took a break in the summer, the seventh day. So, so human beings, we got it wrong, and, and we've got to work the garden. We will work. I think the MCO has showed us all that retirement's not fun. I don't think I ever. Yeah. I realize in the MCO, I'm never going to retire, and I want to work. I'm gonna work. <laughs> I mean, no, sitting at home like that, it just it's retirement's not for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> but even, just, just a question. Yeah. Uh, just a question because I think uh, today, I mean, we talk about costs. We talk about utilizing the talents you have and and the staff you have, but. I think the first thing that comes to a lot of people's mind also when you say cutting costs is also cutting staff. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So um, what are your thoughts to that, especially during this period? You know what I mean? Because you have to evaluate the various yeah. circumstances. Yeah. So you've got a very good point. So, so your first option as a boss, as a leader, you want to look at reskilling, coaching up. But if that staff has got the wrong attitude, they cannot work and, and they have no value to the organization, why are they still in the company? So you're doing them a favor also to find something that they're most suited for out there in the marketplace rather than with you. And this is where your heart-to-heart sessions go on. This is where this is the heart of retrenchment. The heart of retrenchment is, is, is value, creating value. So if, if, a, if a staff is creating absolutely no value for the company, then and the company continues to allocate resources to this person, then something's wrong. That's the wrong philosophy. You see, you, you've got to look at that. So this, this person's got to, to be willing to create more value. And this is where the relationship with the boss and staff, that, that conversation needs to take place. So, of course, some, some businesses may just abuse this and just sack everyone they can and just try and operate with, with one third of their workforce. And, and that's, that's one way to do it. But I would think a better way is because if you've got a relationship with people who've been with you for some time now, talk to them and reskill them. Put them in areas where your company can explode, you can grow. Because if you harbor properly, if you utilize every asset, you can explode. And with these people but if they've got really bad attitude and very bad work ethic and they're not getting along with everyone then you've got a cancer at work and you've got to cut this out and you've got to get this one out of your 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 scene i mean give them to your competitors <laughs> good idea highly recommend it Refer, so, refer, <laughs> put your name there. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah, and, and the thing, I mean, and, and as Christians, we, we've got to understand this. We've got to understand that that's a, that's a very big, that's a very big thing here. That at play. So you've looked at your marketing, you looked at your sales, looked at your past clients, you've looked at costs. Now comes a big one, number five, goals. Goals are absolutely critical. And when people ask me, when a Christian asks me, say, why are goals so important? Why should we bother about goals? Well, here's the thing. You will always get what you focus on. So you've got to set goals. And I think the best way to understand this is let's go to Solomon. So we go back to Solomon in the book of Proverbs. Solomon said this. He said, where there is no vision, the people perish. Incredible. This was said thousands of years ago, where there's no vision. So my question now is this. What is your vision? Not just for your company, not the big fancy vision out there, but what's your vision for your marketing? 
What's your vision for your sales? What's your vision for your past customers? What's your vision for your team and, and your management and your leadership? Where there's no vision, the people perish. So whatever area of your life has no vision, that area will perish. But whatever area of your life has a vision, that area will flourish. Why is it that someone could be working for 25 years and they, they have not improved their finances? Because they didn't have a vision for their finances. So if I have someone said, now, what's your vision for your financial wealth, your finances? Is it, have you ever thought about it? Have you thought you want to have five houses in 10 years? You want to own five properties? You want to have 500,000 ringgit in, in unit trust? Have you have a vision for your finance, vision for your marriage, vision for your children? So when it comes to setting goals, I mean, Solomon put it down really, really simple. And throughout the Bible, again, you see goals are always in place. And even, even before um, Jesus, uh, Jesus had, had a goal too, when he, when he came and when he died, and one of the last words he said was, it is finished. His mission is finished. His, 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 his mission is complete. And, and, and he had a goal. So, so why is it important to have goals? Here's why. It's important to have goals because of this part of your brain called your reticular activating system. Now, this is fun. So I'm going to give you guys a very simple exercise here. Let's try this out. I want you to look around your room where you're sitting, and I want you to count how many things you can find that is blue in color. Just look around. Just, just I'll give you 10 seconds. Just, just count silently. How many things you can find that is blue in color? See, as many as you can. Okay, here's a question. Now, listen closely. How many things did you find that was green in color? <laughs> None, because you were saying blue, right? Why? Because yeah. I programmed your, your RAS, the reticular activating system, I programmed it to look for blue. That is the power of goal setting. So when you set goals, you will filter out everything else, all the other colors, except that which you focus on. But that's good news and bad news. The good news is you get what you focus on. The bad news is you get what you focus on. Yeah. So it's good news and bad news. <laughs> so when it comes to goals, um, one, one small twist here, though. Um, I've always got my clients set a minimum one-year goals, five years, seven years. But now, because of the, uh, because of the COVID pandemic, and it's so drastic and, and things are changing so fast, I tell all my clients, only set 90-day goals. That's it. Just 90-day goals for the next few quarters and survive first, get into momentum and start to thrive. Then you can go back to one-year goals and go back to two-year goals. For now, you've got to be very agile. You've got, to be, you've got to adapt extremely fast. You've got to move really quickly. So set 90-day goals. So for quarter two, quarter three, have your goals ready. And, and this is a very big area. And, and I want um, every business owner out there, if you haven't done this, start now. Spread your goals and employees listening. Have goals for your personal, your, your, your career. Have a goal because you will start to go down the direction. And the, the joke is we are all already very good at goal setting and achieving. For example, if you go to Penang for a holiday, do you know where you'll stay? Yes. Do you know what you're going to eat? Yes. Hokkien mee, whatever. You know. So you're already good at setting goals. And will you eat that Hokkien mee you've been craving? Yes. So you see, you already set goals and achieve them in food. <laughs> Why not with business? Does it make sense? So, it's yeah, very so I guess uh, seeing it through, seeing your goals through, um, why is that difficult for most of us? The, the reason, there the are two reasons here. One is commitment. So some people are not really committed to setting, for example, they're having a beer on New Year's Eve and says, I'm going to lose weight. And then he's forgotten about that four, four days later and he's having his mutton curry and that's the end of that. So it's the commitment to the goal. So they're not setting compelling goals that they're truly committed to. That's one. The second is strategy. Sometimes when they start a goal, they haven't researched the strategies to get to the goal. So, so a lot of what we spoke about, for instance, 
So if you say, I want to double my revenue. So I've taken clients, like one of my clients, she's a dentist. And uh, when I first started coaching her, I've been coaching her for 13 years. Can you imagine that? You can check out the website, clinicpergigianfauzia.com. Uh, clinicpergigianfauzia.com. And when I first worked with her, she was doing, uh, she was just single clinic, a uh, single mom, three kids, and she was doing about 30,000 ringgit a month, struggling to survive doing 30,000 ringgit a month. So I took a business from 30,000 ringgit a month to 5 million a year. And, and, and I've been working 13 years. She's now got three clinics, she's got 10 dentists and a whole bunch of stuff. And, and the thing is, it was never a straight line. It was up, down, up, down, left, right. But we would set goals, we work on the marketing, we work on the sales, we work on the past clients, we work on costings, we work on the team, we work on all of this stuff. And then the business just keeps going up. And next thing you know, you're in a completely different place and your reality is different. Now her business is doing 5 million a year and she can't understand 30,000 a month. It's different. It's like me talking to you about SPM. You're like, huh, what? This is, it looks so different. Back then, it was terrifying. You're like, oh my God, I've got to study this stuff. Today, you're like, was that hard? So I used to get my life my FPM, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, so when you set and achieve goals, you're a different person. You grow, you, you, you change, you change big time. And and it's it's mandated, it's, it's given by, by the Bible. But God says you've got to do this. Solomon is saying it. You've got to set the vision, set your direction. So, so that, that's, uh, I mean, that's the fifth area. And, and we're finally coming to the last area. So since uh, this is for us Catholics at home, this is the biggest area of them all. So number six. So number six is God. Where does God fit into all of this for all those Christian owners out there? So where does God fit into all of this? And um, this, is, this, is, this is critical because I think it's pretty easy to, to, to leave God out of the equation. But um, go back to the Psalms. and the Psalms, it says this. Delight in the Lord and... He will give you the desires of your heart. So whenever I find I'm not getting the desires of my heart, then I, my question is not so much the desires of my heart, but am I delighting enough in the Lord? Seek, seek ye first the king, his uh, kingdom and his righteousness and all these things be given unto you. So, so one of the things I want to recommend to every entrepreneur out there is, is pray. pray. Pray before you go to work. Pray, pray when you come back. And this is incredible because when you do, and you must remember, when, when you look at what the Bible says, uh, Jesus said, it's, it's better I go and so that I can send you the helper, the Holy Spirit, the advocate. And better I go or the helper won't come. So I have to send you the Holy Spirit. So we as, as baptized uh, Christians and Catholics, we've got the Holy Spirit. But the question is, do we listen? Do we do we pray? Do we talk? Do we pray? And I, I do this a lot. You know, there's, there's um, many times I, when I faced with a difficult challenge, I would pray. And I would listen, I would listen, and, and I would get that prompting, and I, and I would go forward and bang, and I'd hit, hit the right note. Sometimes in the middle of my coaching, I, I because I pray for my clients, I, I pray for the session, I, I, I would pray, and, and I would have an insight that I know this this didn't come from some research I did or something or some genius of mine. No, this insight came from God. And and I would ask the client about it, and I would be spot on. And that's not, not because of some genius of me. That was because of prayer. That's the Holy Spirit at work. So in your business, is the Holy Spirit present at work? Is, is God present at work? And are you praying for that? And, and that's why that, that post on about Mother's Day as well. I said, you, know, you have a praying mother, mother who's praying for you. And then are you praying for, for, for people too? And for your staff and, and for your business, for your customers? So this is a very big part. So putting God into the business is very, very big. And honoring God in, in, in your business is very big. And... Many business owners, I tell them, when you get discouraged, yes, there's all the strategies that I discussed that we're going to do. That's your part. But don't leave the God part out. So we're blessed as, as Christians and Catholics. We're blessed 
to have access, direct access to God. And here's one of the biggest things you've got to realize. When Jesus died on the cross, the minute he died, he said, it is finished, and boom, he died. Something miraculous happened. The curtain of the temple was torn in two. What does that mean? Now, what that means is this. In the ancient time, Jews, the Jews had to go behind the curtain when they, when they did Christ. When, when the Jews go to, to intercede to God for you, they had to wash themselves for like a week and all that stuff. And then they go behind the curtain and pray. And, and, and normal people, the parishioners, couldn't go behind the curtain because it's a private thing between the high priest and God. But then when Jesus, the ultimate high priest, when he died, that curtain was torn in two. It's very symbolic because now you have God's handphone number. You can go direct. You can go direct through Jesus. You go direct to God. So, so my question is, have you done that? Have you asked to say, Jesus, and remember Jesus' strategy. He multiplies. Bring it to him. Say, God, I did all this with my business. I'm bringing this to you. Help me out. Bless my, my work. Bless my work. And bang, things start to fly. It's incredible. I mean, I do my shows on BFM, and I've been doing them now for 10 years. I've had, I've had thousands and thousands of people listening, and I, every time I get messages from people saying, this show came at exactly the right time and it changed my life and it changed my business, it changed my, my family, my marriage, whatever it is. But what they don't know is every single show for 10 years now, before I go live, before I do the show, I always pray. I tell God, I say, God, whoever you want to reach, whoever out there needs this, open the doors and reach them and bang, it happens that way. So I want to encourage this because there's no, there's no accident to success. Success success is, is, is a recipe. There's some very specific things and it's all... It's all here. There's a lot of it is in these six things I spoke about. If your if your grandma bakes a really nice cheesecake, that's no accident to that. And she put in some very specific things in to make that cheesecake really nice. So you can duplicate that. So 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 the encouragement to everyone getting back to work now, new businesses are hit. I my office is in Publica. And if you walk around Publica, you'll see many businesses have shut down. They've closed, they're gone. And that's how bad the things are. But here's the encouragement. You go back to work today, you get onto these six things. You start on your marketing, work on your sales, you work on your past clients, you work on your costing, you work on your goals, and then you get on your knees and you pray. One of the most powerful things you could ever do when you get up is to get down on your knees. And then you start to pray and, and, and ask for God's blessings upon you. And then and listen to what God says. If he says do this, do it. Says do that, do it. So so this is this is what I wanted to share uh, with all the uh, Catholic Christians out there. I hope it's been really encouraging. And I hope you take it to heart and, and have an incredible recovery and growth in the business out there. Yeah, uh, I think it's very encouraging, especially I, I assume, you know, there must be some business owners out there who, at, if they're struggling at this point of time, they might lose faith in God. Yeah. And, you know, from what you said, you know, it's actually, you know, let, let's turn it around. That you know, There's a lot of blessings that he can give us and the insights. Maybe we just have the wrong strategy or we just don't know how and i, I think Jimmy, you've explained a lot of strategies and the how-tos for us to you know uh, get back and of course we can attribute that all the way to to god you know having this conversation just for those who are struggling at this point of time uh mark i don't know as a business owner do you have any uh, questions for jeevan i think uh, i've asked most of it and, and definitely <laughs> i find a lot of it uh, very useful and uh, very beneficial you know what i mean uh, and all these points and i think uh, one thing to note is that uh, I think uh, I totally agree that we need to put God also as a strong pillar of yes. the foundation of a business. You know what I mean? There's so much we can do, but when, uh, yeah. I think uh, yeah, Father Philip, I mean, he, he, he mentioned to me before he, he's passing also that we need to put God there and, and, and also trust in him. You know, a lot of times we say we pray, but we don't trust. And I think uh, a nice story to that is, uh, I'll tell a very simple story. 
two farmers prayed for rain. So the, the village was going through a drought and it was really bad. The crops were dying and, and, and there was no water coming. It hadn't rained for a month. So these two farmers started to pray for rain. But only one of the farmers prepared his field to receive the rain. So which of the two farmers actually trusted God to send the rain? And that's what's happening today. If you're going to pray for something, you've got to trust God to actually do something. And, and you'll see the results really quickly. Yeah. And the Bible has 365 times for every day to tell you that don't be afraid. You know, <laughs> one for every day for all the businesses out there. I mean, God is with us and mm. I think we have to trust Him and do yeah. our part. Yeah, you know, uh, Jivan, thanks so much. There's just a lot to take from this. And I'm sure uh, for those watching, you know, I, you, I recommend you watch the video again, wherever you're watching it on Facebook, on YouTube, listen to us on Spotify and take down those, those notes. Uh, Jivan, just before we let you go, um, is there any way or where can um, those watching can follow you or follow uh, what, what yeah, you're um, teaching? So, so, yeah, they can, they can. There's so many things. You can go to Facebook. They can, they can like my page. Uh, so just look for Jivan Sahadevan and uh, then, then my thing will come up. So you can add me as a friend on Facebook. Or you can like my page or you go to Instagram. Uh, again, same thing. Look for Jivan Sahadevan. You can. Or um, if you want to keep in touch through email, it's just uh, jivansahadevan at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, so you could follow me in, in those platforms. All right. Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much once again, uh, Jivan Sahadevan, for giving us all those insights. The business growth yeah, expert, right. certainly a lot to, lot to take from there. Uh, as usual on our show, we usually end with a prayer, but uh, Father Clarence is not around. I wonder, Jivan, if you could just say a short prayer for us. Yeah, sure, sure. So, so let, let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, dear Lord, I, I, I pray for your blessings upon every single person who watches and listens to this show, uh, um, upon our two hosts, um, Kevin and Mark, and I pray for, for the families of everyone watching. Please guide all of us as we go out to rebuild our businesses, bless us with favor, Grant us a big favor and guide us in every single step that we do. I ask all of this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that, Jivan. And uh, I, 